Police One Academy is leading the way in high-quality, affordable training for officers nationwide. Your department can take advantage of more than 1,000 HD videos and 175 full-length courses in a robust learning management system. Training is certified or accepted for training credit in 35 states. Join the industry's most officer-friendly learning platform with more than 60,000 subscribers. To schedule a free demo, go to policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Thank you for clicking and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hi, I'm Jim Dudley. Jim, we've uh, noticed it's come to our attention uh, over the last several months that an increasing number of individuals coming to the Policing Matters podcast and listening to us talk about law enforcement issues are civilians, are people who are interested in becoming police officers or are simply interested in learning about law enforcement. and. Sure. I'm, I'm encouraged by that, frankly, because in, in today's atmosphere where it's perceived that there's so much anti-cop sentiment, um, it's, it's becoming a little more clear to me that, there is that, that, that the silent majority of people who respect and admire law enforcement officers, um, they're becoming more active. You know, mm-hmm. I see them on, on my Facebook page. Uh, Blue Lives Matter has a great Facebook page. And, you know, I see citizens and civilians commenting on that. So today... Let's address that audience, those civilians, um, with some words of wisdom about how they should react, respond, behave in the event that they come in contact with a law enforcement officer. What do you think? I think I think it's high time we talked about it. I, I wish we would talk about it more in as many venues as we could. I think law enforcement uh, tends to be uh, a little more secretive, circle the wagons, uh, defensive when um, confronted with uh, people who don't agree with tactics. But I think what we should do is get out in front and do some more public education, get out in the communities and and tell them what we're looking for and why we do what we do and uh, what we would expect from them or desire from them. And and I've come up with a list of things um, just off the, off the top of my head of what I'd like to see in a civilian encounter. And, and today I've, I've only got time to talk about uh, car stops and traffic stops, uh, oftentimes conducted by traffic officers who do nothing but traffic stops, and they're very versed in it, and they're mer- very matter of fact and procedural. But every police officer has the ability, and oftentimes uses it, to pull people over for a variety of reasons. Uh, It may be for a traffic violation or equipment violation. It may be a pretext stop in in relation to something else, some sort of activity, some suspicious activity. But regardless of the reason, um, we've seen so many things on uh, the news and in social media of car stops gone wrong. And a variety of them have uh, occurred while the driver or someone in the vehicles made some sort of move that um, the officer responded with with some some sort of force. And so I would say, and, and I think most, most law enforcement officers would agree that what they want to see when they pull someone over is compliance, number one, that the people pull over as soon as possible where directed to, that the police officer understands that the police officer wants you to pull over in a place that's advantageous and safe for them as well as you. But mostly, they're going to be the ones exiting the vehicle, walking out into a lane of traffic, maybe at night in the dark, uh, lit up by their own uh, headlights. And so they want to make it uh, advantageous, 
and, and to a position where they would be able to get out of harm's way if need be. So pull over as soon as you can, pull over off the road. Um, the, the law enforcement officer is going to angle their car so that there's a lane provided for their approach. Don't be um, too suspicious if they shine a flashlight in your rearview mirror so you can't see them or that they feel your vehicle to make sure nobody's rustling around inside. And just sit there with your hands on the steering wheel or someplace where the officer can see them as you approach. And the officer is always going to probably always going to probably speak first and ask you for license and registration or ask you if you know why they pulled you over. And uh, it is not open mic time. Just answer the questions and be as truthful as you possibly can. Um, so keep your hands on the wheel. They don't expect you to pull out your driver's license, registration, or insurance card right away. In fact, they don't want you digging for it. So they don't want you uh, at the stop to go immediately jump towards your uh, console or your glove compartment or even fish around in, for your wallet or your your purse to dig out those those items and certainly don't go looking under your seat or in the back seat where you may have left these things um, and you understand why they're, they're thinking about safety so they approach you they ask you for those things uh, they may take that license and registration and head back to their car to do a routine check that is not the time to jump out of your vehicle and, and join the debate team and rush up to the officer and explain why you did what you did or that you didn't do what he thinks you did. So to me, those are the most critical times when the officer is going to be checking out your behavior to see if you're compliant and that you're not a threat. So you use the word comply. <clears throat> and I have written on numerous occasions, we've talked about it on the podcast here, about a concept called comply and complain. If one is compliant with law enforcement and proceeds safely through, let's go with a traffic stop, all right, um, and is non-combative, is compliant, is uh, is respectful uh, even, um, that person, if they feel their first, fourth, eighth amendment rights have been violated, can take a course of action. They can file a complaint, the other side of compliant complaint. They may even choose to um, file a civil suit against the officer or the agency in the event that they feel like they've been uh, unjustly roughed up during the course of the time. they've. Been. So in, in, in the case of a traffic stop, a person gets out of the car. That person may end up in handcuffs. Those bracelets are there for the officer's safety while they're doing the check, right? This is an understandable tactic. They may have you sitting crisscross on the curb at the time of this with your hands behind your back while they're running the check. If you feel that that use of force is unjustified, you can go ahead and complain about it. And I've frequently contended, both on my articles and on the podcast, that it is impossible to file a complaint from the grave. Your family may do so, but if you do something so egregious as to escalate the, the incident to a use of force case, bad things can happen when you don't complain. And we saw it with Michael Brown. We've seen it with numerous others where the, the, the individual was clearly non-compliant and a threat to the officer or someone else around them, um, threatening death or great bodily harm, thus under Graham v. Connor justifying a police use of force. And it, it, absent that non-compliance, those incidents could have ended 
entirely differently. Sure. And and granted, I'm thinking of, of a person who is on their way home, not conducting any sort of criminal activity. Right. And, and so you may think, well, the, now's the time before he starts to write the ticket that I should get my word out. And, I, and I'm telling you, no, that you will have your day in court if that's exactly what you want. But I think, I think another mystery to motorists is that uh, they feel that if they refuse to sign the ticket, that they won't get issued a ticket or summons. And that's, that's absurd. <laughs> clearly not the case. It, in fact, you may find yourself actually sitting in detention if you refuse to sign. So if you notice at the bottom of these tickets, they say that this is a promise to appear mm -hmm. and not an admission of guilt. So in that case, you're saying, okay, the officer's stopping me for red light speeding, what have you. I'm going to sign and appear in court and have my day and yeah. tell my side of the story. If you refuse, um, more chances than not, and but don't count on it, the officer may call for a supervisor to further explain that if you don't sign, you will be custodially arrested. Um, and if you continue to refuse to sign it, you will find yourself in the back of that radio car. Yeah. Um this is a topic for an entirely other show. We will do a other show on this, but I also contend that we should be bringing back civics classes to public school. I think that um, we've somewhere between when history became social uh, social studies, the notion of civics classes went away. Um, and I feel like if kids are taught at a young age to respect the authority of, of lawful commands, that a lot of people will just will have no beef with law enforcement at all. You know, things go really smoothly. I'll tell you a quick story. When I first moved to San Francisco 21 years ago, I was unfamiliar with the HOV lanes, where the exits, the lanes, and all that stuff. Well, I'm on my way to uh, the East Bay on the Bay Bridge, and I get on from the Bryant Street, the very, very last um, on-ramp from San Francisco that you could use to get on. And there was um, a, a big tree obstructing the sign that showed this was an HOV only um, uh, um, on-ramp at that hour of the day. And so I proceed on my way and California Highway Patrol pulls me over and I sign the ticket and I promise to appear in court. I appear in court, but when I go to court, I actually have photographs and I actually blew it up at the Kinko's, a photograph of the sign, the vantage point from which I had seen no sign because it was obstructed by a tree, right? So, I mean, I had my ability. Ultimately, I was, I ultimately paid the HOV fine. The judge was not amused. But, you know, as a young kid, just getting to San Francisco, I felt like I at least had my opportunity to, to vent my grievance that I couldn't see the sign, therefore I shouldn't pay $271 or right. whatever it was. And but that's, that's on, the point. You know, and that's, <laughs> add on the $20 for the sign. Exactly. Add on the $20 Kinko's fee. Exactly. Right. So it was a $300 day for Doug Wiley. But the point, the point of all of this is, is that if you're just conducting your daily routine, your daily business, you're going, like you'd said, you're going to the store, you're going home. I was going to the East Bay. You know, I can't remember the purpose for which my trip was planned. But here I am, a single occupant in the HOV lane. You know what? You're going to get a ticket for that. Proceed and move along. And right. that's just the way it goes. You know, right, if you do right. it that way, you know, everyone's going to go home, if not happy, at least healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would I would go a little bit further to say that um, if you are uh, in a situation where 
you may be armed, you have a concealed weapon permit, you, ha you legally have a gun in your car, that you announce that to the officer as soon as possible. I usually do when, when all things are settled. Uh, I never identify myself as a police officer or retired um, when I was working or now. Um, it's only when they ask me for my vehicle registration or insurance card when I go to the glove compartment and I say uh, there either is or there may be a firearm in the glove compartment. And that usually gets their ears perked up. And mm -hmm. then I explain that I am uh, law enforcement or retired law enforcement officer. And I would say to do something similar. Um, I know one of the, the shootings in question um, revolves around the issue that m perhaps the individual uh, either had a concealed weapons permit or had an open carry permit and produced a firearm which uh, elicited a response and um, I would say never ever never ever pull that gun out to show that you have it just don't do it say it first keep your hands in plain sight if the officer wants you to exit the vehicle and take it out himself let him mm -hmm. uh, don't produce that handgun from your 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 person or from the vehicle right. um, and then and then let things go where they go after that but um, I'd say uh, in the event that you you um, you have a, a firearm or that um, uh, there's there's some other mitigating circumstance that you let that be known as soon as you can yeah it's interesting stuff. I mean, we could get into this um, more deeply in the weeds sometime down the road, so to speak, no pun intended, um, with regard to even being a, a good witness, with regard to, um, you know, uh, interaction when you have been the victim of a crime. We'll get into all of that. We want to hear from you what you want to hear about. Yeah. And, and I would like to, to, to say further that this is only one one of uh, several circumstances where you could come in contact with a law enforcement officer. I would I would love to talk on a, a future show about uh, consensual encounters on the street with law enforcement officers mm -hmm. or even being um, uh, an individual um, focused uh, with a detention. And what do you do during a detention? What are your rights and and how do you respond? Fantastic fodder for another day. Uh, thanks for listening to uh, Policing Matters, the Police One uh, podcast. You can email us at policingmatters at policeone.com. Jim and I will take a peek at your email and get back to you with our thoughts. Stay safe out there. <laughs>